to another episode of the Graceology Podcast. My name's Jeff New. I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm glad you're here. Today, we're going to be continuing our conversation on the book Among Kings by Chris Jackson. And if you want more information on the book or what we're doing with it, you can go to our show notes and you'll find all the information on that. But today, I'm joined by two of my good friends and, and co-hosts for this episode. We have Becca Arias and Andrew Gavinali, and they're going to be chiming in as well. And I just want to say that today's podcast is going to be about self-fulfilling prophecies. It's going to be a great podcast. <laughs> no, there it's really <laughs> not, but it's going to be a great podcast. We're all really looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, so now that I got us started on such a high note, Becca. So in reading these chapters, um, Chris talked about giants and different giants that we encounter in our lives, how it can figuratively be a whole lot of different things. And I was thinking about this. I want to know from my co-host, like, what's the biggest giant that you've encountered? Because I feel like all of us at this point, we've encountered a couple of them. Probably one of my biggest ones was learning that John was going to Iraq. Your husband, John. <laughs> this this was not, yeah. We had been dating for like six months. That's it. Uh, we actually had like a moment where we were like, okay, it's it's six months. Are, are we in or out? Are we doing this? Are we doing the long haul through Iraq? <laughs> so very, very uh, stressful time in my life. So it was about a year of deployment that we knew we were going to have to go through. And it was just like, oh my goodness. It was a sustained state of anxiety. Um, probably a lot like everyone else has been going through in 2020. I guess I had a little preview of this going through it. And I remember at the beginning of this, Somebody said to me, seeing how high anxiety I was, you can't sustain this for a year. And I was like, watch me. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. It was tough. That but, was a big giant. I don't know. Well, that's also a combat situation unlike 2020 for, yeah. Yeah. The danger felt very imminent and we were watching the news a lot. Well, I personally took myself off of news watch because I just felt like I can't sit here and stare at this all the time. Like ignorance is just so much more blissful. So I'm going to do that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was something that I didn't see coming. I guess the good part about it is it, it was time boxed. Right. So we mm. knew like 12 months, six months in between when he's going to be on leave and you know, that's it. But, um, but yeah, we had this conversation. Are we ready? Are we doing this? And I was like, it's too late. I'm already hundred percent in. So here we go. And, uh, it was a long 12 months. Sometimes I like to think it was like longer for me than it was for him. Cause he was active, you know, he yeah, like, right. yeah, no, right. like, you know, ir irony of that, but like he was in active military duty. And so it was like, here I am doing all this stuff, not sitting at home in this like state of immobilized panic and then there was me that just kind of like a switch got flipped and I was just like I just now worry forever so yeah I don't know I'd say for me probably not being super old high school that's the only thing that I can that really comes to mind it was just a learning period yeah you know? that's a learning period for a lot of people or junior high or it hits a little bit early right. that happened to me right. too and now I have a daughter who's about to go into junior high, and I'm having oh to kind gosh. of watch that happen all over again. It's, yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> but don't repeat them. Yes. Please. 
Maybe we should write a book called Learn From My Mistakes. I feel like we'd, we'd come up with a lot of content. I wouldn't be surprised if I found out a book like that already exists. It probably does. Dang, we're but too you, late. But you could have two versions of it. You could have one that has all your mistakes listed and one that's just blank. Hmm. And so they buy it. What mistakes did you make? I don't know. We only um, release the blank one, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other one's a journal that we burn. We call it, we call it a journal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a um, book. I don't know. I'm trying to think of your a giant in my life. I know I've had them. I know, I mean, everything from do I eat the rest of this pizza? Cause that is like a morally crushing like decision. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> it's delicious and I want to eat it, but I also feel like I'm going to die if I eat another slice of pizza, but that's a different kind of giant. But mm-hmm. when I think of giants, I think of what are not just problems in my life, but I, I think what you, you described was like the, the, the crushing, like what crushes you, like what, mm, what yeah. kind of e- de- de- um, what, what do you call it, debilitizes de- 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 you, like yeah. c- keeps you from being able to function at your best. And, and I feel like there's been, for me, different moments of those and, and from like trying to figure out what to do post-college. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I have a college degree, now what? Like, so at that point I had gotten my, my I passed a test so I could be a substitute teacher. I was going to grad school I kind of felt like I should work at a church, but didn't know if I should work at a church. And mm-hmm. um, I think for me, a lot of it comes to the the decisions that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, and, and I, I've had them from from choosing what kind of career I should go to, to um, getting married and being a part of a blended family. And none of it's been bad. It's just been these these things I've been facing, but also those have been kind of external kind of like situational. And I think there's a lot of internal giants um, for me. And and some of that is the confidence. Hmm. So yeah. yeah. And like my confidence level is um, it's probably not as high as I I would even try and market on a thing. I feel like it's lower. Uh And and it's not that I'm not confident myself. It's there's a lot of self doubt, which I know that sounds kind of funny, but it makes sense to me. Oh, no, I think that's super common. I feel like everybody has that. Even that part. And then also when you were talking about the decisions that you make, sometimes I have that whole like Dory, like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, you know, where it's like, you just have to kind of keep taking steps forward. Um, I, I don't know. I got some advice from my dad, which I'm not even sure he would have quantified as advice, but it was like, dad, what do I major in? And he's like, just go get a piece of paper. And it was, it was so freeing in some ways, because instead of sitting here going, I need to pick the perfect major, which I switched my major multiple times. I thought that was a common thing to do. Everybody else just like picked a path and stayed on it. Mm. I was English. And then I was like, there's way too much reading. And then I was psychology. (laughs) And I was like, there's no heart in this. Like everyone's just trying to figure out what's wrong with you and put you in a box so they can ignore you. I don't know. That could have been my alma mater specifically. (laughs) But I just was like, no, I don't. This doesn't feel caring at all. And I feel like that's how psychology is supposed to be. And then I got to communications and like, everybody showed up late and nobody had read the chapter and I was like, these are my people. Like finally. So, so See, that was me. So I was communication studies major and I was annoyed at those people. So maybe I was in the oh, wrong major. Did you read the chapter? Chat? I did. None I did. The rest of us did. Yeah. And I did the presentations <laughs> on them, but I didn't practice my presentations because that just, you know, that was easy. Oh, well, you weren't a pastor yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> No, I don't know. I remember specifically they were giving a pop quiz in one of our um, 
in one of our classes and they were like, okay, don't worry. It's a pop quiz. It's just on last night's reading. And all of us were like, oh, so. <laughs> reading? <laughs> that we just talked in this major. Oh man, we did. We got very good at talking and we got very good at covering our tracks probably. Um, but no, we, I was told just go out there and get a piece of paper. And I will say like, again, for me specifically, it kind of set the bar low so that I wasn't <laughs> trying to like conquer the world. Like I wasn't having to be like pinky in the brain and like conquer the world all at once. And so I was just like, all right, communications, be in communications. Like that's a piece of paper. And then it was, once you get said piece of paper, go out and get a job. And then I went out and got a job. And then mm -hmm. I figured I can't survive on this money. And so let me try to, you know, work my way up and get a different job. But I will say it did kind of just start the momentum of movement, you know, mm. of just going somewhere so that instead of being kind of perfectionistic and getting in my own head and getting my own way, it was just go off and, and do something. So I feel like that's honestly, and, and full disclosure here, like that's how this podcast started. It's like, sure. this was an idea that I had been like, Hey, we need to do, we need to do. And it's like, okay, I just need to start it. Yeah. And you know, now we're, we're still, you know, in single digit episodes, but we're, we're there. And I, I hope, you know, dear listener, I hope that you agree that this is getting better as we go. Um, if not, you can, um, Pretend to email me and I'll pretend to read it. But um, yeah, don't <laughs> hurt my feelings. No, it's okay. Um, I do appreciate your feedback. I feel like I should say that. But anyways, changing topics. Um, we're talking about giants. We're talking about these decisions. Where does God fit in any of this? And for me, it's like, I always, you know, like the, the question, the, um, do I go to God when I'm before the problem? during the problem, after the problem. And, and I, I tend to find myself going to God um, sometimes in the middle of the problem, you know, to say how I really feel uncensored, which, you know, I'm still standing. I haven't been like zapped by lightning and whatever um, <laughs> with my raw feelings. But I'm like, God knows what I'm thinking already. I might as well just say it out loud. But for me, I, I find myself most going to God after the problem has been solved. So, you know, we're talking about facing the giants and these big decisions and these struggles. It's like, in my life, it's not like I'm like, God, I need you to help me through this. It's God, thank you for getting me through that. And I don't know if that's right. I feel like the right answer to your question, when are we supposed to go to God, is like all of the above. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah. You know, it's that's like the Sunday school answer. Be, that's the Sunday school. Though. Ask <laughs> me. I know the Sunday school answer. Um, but like literally, I, I think that's what you're supposed to do. But I think it's very based on personality, right, of what we tend to do. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if I can't open a jar... I'm going to hand it to one of the two of you within two or three tries. Like, I don't know. I just have no pride about that kind of stuff. I'm like, here, Andrew, I can't open the jar. You do it. Um, and then you'll feel super obligated to do it because you'll be like, <laughs> yes, I must man through this thing. Right. So that's the other thing. You hand it to a guy. They feel like they have to help you. It's great. It's great. You can exploit that. Um, but I also am just like, I will, I think I'm kind of the opposite of you, Jeff. I will pretty quickly go, God, I need help. Yeah. Like without yeah. probably doing all that much myself, which is maybe why the whole movement metaphor is important for me because it's like, just start doing something and I'll help you along the way, you know? But, um, but yeah, I think I kind of like Jesus take the wheel pretty quickly, <laughs> maybe a little bit too quickly. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? 
Well, I'm thinking about how in the book, um, Chris alludes to David and the story of David. And David, when he's facing off with Goliath, he, he's sort of, he's looking at the army of Israel and thinking, why have you guys not dispatched this guy yet? Do you know who's behind us? You know, our God is behind us. Hmm. And what that says to me is that what David understood and what perhaps applies to us as well is that we can't really overcome our problems properly if God isn't involved. You know, I that that's my thought on it. So, yeah, okay, so we're getting through it because God's going, he's not going to stop you. We're free will individuals. So he's right. going to let you keep moving through it, keep mowing through it on your own. But you're not going, I like the word that you said properly. We're not going to get through it in the best right. way we could have if we're just kind of mowing through it on our own. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had this revelation and this is a tangent, but I think it comes back. If not, um, you know, we'll figure that out later. But I, I was reading a, a book. I'm getting ready to teach a, a class at a local university called, um, um, it's media and Christianity, faith and media for oh, okay. a communication studies course. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about in this book that I'm reading. You're going to look at fireproof. Or, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. But this, this book I'm reading talks about how um, technologies have come in and kind of reshaped how we um, communicate and how we do life. And this, sure. the book, the guy was a youth pastor and when he was really into tech back into Radio Shack days because he mentioned Radio Shack. Huh. Um, and. I don't know if any of them still exist, but... They he, probably he, exist, like a couple white rhinos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he said um, he wanted a PowerPoint projector, like a projector for, uh, you know, for, so he could put the Bible on the projector for his students and his youth group to read. Mm-hmm. And he goes, they weren't bringing their Bibles, and he wanted to make sure that they could read it. And he goes, okay, so this would help. And he goes, they were all engaged in reading it together and being together, and they would... Um, so he said, slowly and slowly, they stopped bringing their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Or if they did bring their Bibles, they weren't opening them. And so he started feeling really frustrated, like, guys, like, bring your Bibles. Like, it's important for you to be able to read your Bibles. Like, you're missing out on this. Uh-huh. And so he asked, like, one of the students, he goes, why aren't you bringing your Bibles? And, and, and he paraphrased and said, because I really like reading together with my friends. Hmm. And he goes on to say, and this is what I was trying to get to, is, the Bible, the printing press was invented like 500 something years ago, less than 600 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the idea of having our own personal Bibles is very, very new in right. in, in our under, you know our mm-hmm. humanity. That's true. And he said that Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln's life was more like Abraham of the Bible's life. Then President Abraham Lincoln's life was like our life because of the way that communication technologies have changed and the fact that we have our own Bible. Everything got individualized. Yeah, because think about it, when the printing press first came out, you had to have money to have the Bible. You had to right. be able to read, to want to have a book. And now, I mean, how many Bibles do we have in our homes? We have them on our phones. And I say that because I feel like for me, there's this, and this is probably from just kind of my upbringing maybe. I don't know, but it's like, man, you're struggling have you been in the word lately? Yeah. Have you, have you been praying lately? Have you, you know, whatever, like, have you checklist this checklist that? Yeah. And it almost makes God a formula. Yeah. Well, and where's the question? Have you been in community lately? You know, because if that's how we're meant to be learning this and we're like, obviously like 
building off of each other and helping each other out, like even as we're doing live right now, maybe that should be part of the question, you know, because we do have this idea that these devotions that we're supposed to do is something we're supposed to do alone. And I'm not trying to minimize that. Obviously, there's a time and a place for that. But we've all been so alone this past year. And I think like, whatever side of, of any politics you're on, I think we can all agree that that kind of isolation was not good for society, no. you know? So, I mean, we tried our best to zoom our way out of it and we're going to do our online workout classes too. And we, we tried to build like quasi kind of artificial communities. And, you know, if you don't have a choice, of course, that's better than nothing, but but getting like to real community and having genuine, you know, in-person conversations with people like that was missing in the classroom and in the church and in a lot of personal relationships in the family. And that's hard. I don't know. There's, there's just a big facet of, of something that I feel like we're not getting when we're not able to kind of like co-regulate each other. What I'm wondering too, like what Andrew was saying is that whole idea of the community missing and, you know, almost a ritualistic approach to how we mm-hmm. approach God is why the Israelites were in the state they were. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's very much like the Pharisees with Jesus. You know, the, the Pharisees were the legalistic people. They're the people who you look at and you think they're going to heaven. Those people are going to heaven. They, they, they didn't even sin today. You know, how's that possible? <laughs> um, and Jesus looks at them and says, your heart is black. Yeah. You know, you, you, you are so wrong. You know, and it's because of the state of the heart. And I don't, it's, it's in Proverbs somewhere. I don't remember the exact reference. But he says, uh, God looks at your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that that is what God looks at. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, th- that's what we're called to look at. That's what we're called to give to God is our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in terms of defeating your giant, you know, how in tune are you with God? How in tune are you with that? And not to use him as a formula, like like Jeff was saying. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. The Israelites probably were doing that. And they did that so many times throughout the Old Testament. And you, you just kind of wonder, how many times did God bash his head against the wall at the stubbornness of these people? <laughs> yeah. I you think know? God had that face palm emoji. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my husband's favorite emoji. He uses it for everything. That was probably divine inspiration it to the was. creator of emojis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, God uh. definitely created the face palm himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's where my mind goes. Yeah. When it's nothing new, like from, you know, you, you, Old Testament to New Testament, you go from Amos to, to the Pharisees, like, mm-hmm. you know, like quit putting on the show, like be real, be raw, be you. Don't, don't try and fit this formula because there is no formula. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why people struggled with Jesus being the Messiah is yeah. they, they had this formula that the Messiah was going to fit yeah. into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden it's like, why are you talking to that? scandalous woman over there at the well why are you touching this crippled person why are you like and why are you working on the sabbath yeah because we got rules dude (laughs) yeah no definitely not fitting into the formula i think you're right i think that obviously um people were confused by that and then eventually angered by that (laughs) because it wasn't this is not the god you expected (laughs) so no, it's, it's, it's really true. But, and again, obviously you can, 
you can work with other people and you can all stir each other up if you're all angry and kind of thinking that this should be a different way and community can kind of lead you down a different path at times. Um, but if you're, if you're aligned and looking for the truth and you're working with other people who you feel like their heart is aligned and they are genuinely seeking the truth, not their own ego or all that kind of stuff. Um, hopefully with you and with a community and with God's word, you can all kind of find your way back and hold each other, you know, accountable. And I I think that it's in, you know, if you're trying to do it on your own, you kind of naturally create kind of rules or parameters or barriers that make it almost a legalistic checklist thing. But when you're in community, it reminds you that it's about relationship. Right. And I I think about, you know, going back to the book, it's like, how does there's a question asked, like, how does God feel about me? Mm -hmm. Or I think it was like, God, how do you feel about me? But I I think, well, if, if it's just me on my own with a Bible, with my prayers, my own, you know, self-talk is going to shape how I think God sees me. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in the community with other people, that's going to remind me, no, that's not how God sees me. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of amazing David was able to have as much perspective as he did because he was alone so much. So he kind of almost had that very pure, it's just me and God, oh, and the sheep (laughs) for hours and hours a day. It would have been very easy for him to become a little bit more monk-like and kind of maybe, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but you know, um, one of those people who spent too much time alone and they can kind of get led astray by their own thoughts. It's kind of amazing that he was able to stay, um, you know, as solid as he was and then be able to come out of that, look at a whole community that had kind of been like slowly being led down a path of fear and be able to kind of come in and right the ship. So. Well, what's funny is that whole community was together and they're the ones struggling. They're the ones who couldn't see God in the midst of the the chaos or in, in the, in, I should say in the shadow of that giant. Yeah. So, although technically it wouldn't be a shadow cause he was down in a valley and they're up on the Hills, but that's, you know, technicality. Oh, that's a technicality. I would not have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's true. It, only David would have been in the shadow of Goliath. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And yet he went forward with such faith, you know, and, and not, not faith in something untangible. Chris talks in the book about how before, with the power of God at his side, he had taken on bears and lions and won, and, and Goliath was simply a new challenge. But he goes forward with such faith and connection and devotion to God and to the person of God uh, that he is able to, with a single stone, incapacitate and then decapitate the giant. Right. You know. And that's just remarkable. Which, and this is, um, I don't remember exactly which chapter it is, but it's not necessarily that he had so much faith in himself or in his own ability. It was Mm -hmm. more just, I've got this stone, but it doesn't matter what I have. And the slingshot doesn't matter. And the angle doesn't matter. And the speed and the trajectory. And I'm thinking of Angry Birds now. Oh boy. Now I'm getting this little (laughs) mental picture of Angry Birds with David and Goliath. Anyway, all of that trajectory (laughs) probably doesn't matter near as much as what he was saying is like the power behind the stone. Mm -hmm. So I remember Chris is saying, he's just going to release it 
And wherever it goes, it's got the power of God behind it. And that's what's going to bring the giant down. So I, I think like that's super freeing, obviously, because like having to muster up enough faith in yourself and your abilities when you're painfully aware of all your shortcomings is difficult, but being able to just say like, okay, I'm going to stand behind. I'm going to have that active movement movement. I'm going to start moving forward and whatever I do, God's going to be able to just propel it and take it to the next level. And and I think of David and and I I know I've shared this in the past, but it's like, yes, there, there was an element of faith. There was definitely the presence of God and the, um, the commissioning and, you know, blessing of God in that. But there's also, David had to make that choice. And, you know, like, was there hesitation? Was there not hesitation? Yeah. You know, we, we only know the story that's written. And because they won this particular battle, the story was written the way it was written. Well, and it's easy to rewrite history after the battle in well, the light of the victory and go like, he had no hesitation. But, he just sure. walked up there with all the confidence in the world. But we know that David spent days and years using that sling. And so there was skill. There was practice. There, it's not like he had never seen a sling before. And God ordained it. And I say that because I feel like oftentimes we're like, oh, you know, like I didn't study for this test, but God just give me the answer so I can pass it. Right, and, right. That's a comp major thing. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but that was for all the other subjects, you know. Uh, but it's like, at what point, you know, do we have to say like, I need to roll up my sleeves and, and get hard at work at this? Mm-hmm. Because there's, I have to, you know, like God gave me a brain. God gave me the ability to make decisions. God gave me a a desire to learn and a desire to be a part of something. Like I'm not just a, a a blank empty vessel for, you know, like or a puppet for God to use. Oh, sure. No. And so I don't know, I just I, I feel like we can't just be sitting around waiting. But then I also think too, like when we seek God out and I'm thinking about like, you know, what you shared about with um, dating John when he's at war mm-hmm. and, and then just the, the life transformations and struggles of high school and, and kind of figuring out what to do when you're out of college. Like it's, if I, I can only speak for myself here, but if I would have been very intentional about the community I was in, mm-hmm. it would have been a very different experience. Yeah. But sometimes when I go through those struggles, I tend to retreat. I tend to isolate. I tend to forget about my own abilities and gifts and skills too. So I don't know. I'm rambling now. Hmm. No, I, again, I think it's, um, it's a personality tendency, you know, which, which people tend to, like I said, I, I will reach out for community pretty quickly. I think during the pandemic, um, people were like, at the very beginning, they were all like, we can do this, guys. We can bake bread. We can learn a new language. We can do this. We can do that. Now, it's a different situation for me because I'm pregnant. So I'm, I'm thinking about a whole host of other things. But a lot of people, I think they were able to kind of like muster up enough energy to kind of be like, we can ride a high for about two to three weeks here because that's as long as it's going to last. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was calling people within the first two to three weeks. <laughs> it's well, like one of the first people down, you know? Okay. All right. We got a soldier down here. But seriously, I was like, I am reaching out for help right away because this is weird. This is different. And I'm just going to be the first to say it. And then other people, I think they went a different route and, you know, they were able to kind of like, muster through much better than I was, but then they hit a certain breaking point later on. And hopefully by then I was in a better place, right? So that they could bounce that off of me and I could, you know, lend a little bit of help there. 
I was just thinking about like my, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day is like we started a pandemic. Oh, it's going to be a few weeks. And so we we had like these uh, exercise video things that we would do every night. Richard and Simmons. I was doing the, no, it was, um, <laughs> oh, I, uh, it, I don't remember what it was because we didn't <laughs> stick with it. But um, then, then I was like, oh, the push up challenge. And I know I did it for like 20 days because that's as many push ups as I've ever been able to do in my life. I'm like, I'm doing the push up challenge with the boys. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we went into this like, oh, this is going to last a lot longer. Yeah. Tiger King. Like, we, <laughs> it just went, like, we went from we're going to be Everybody healthy, went we're going to be, King. and then we went Tiger King. And we were a little late to the Tiger King game, like, game, but, but like when the little reunion episode came, we were so excited. I'm like, that's where we went. And now we're at the point where we both got Fitbits because all we did was sit and like self-medicate through Netflix. Yeah. And it's like, the world's scary. We don't, you know, it's like, and, and we would try to do as much as we could, but like, there are so many unknowns. The world, the world is scary, but we still needed each other. We still need a community. And as much as we joke about Tiger King, what was great about Tiger King is that we were all watching it together. Yeah. And so we could all be like, wow, look, can you believe these people? Like, where do they make people like this? Sorry, that was probably too much, but you know, and we were all experiencing that, you know, and, um, I just felt like in so many ways, we just revealed that we consistently look for community and that we consistently reach back for common experiences. And especially when we're going through something unknown and something fearful, like I think they said that's what made this particular pandemic more difficult than a lot of other Um, you know, large things that the country has gone through, let's say like going to war, you don't really need to socially isolate. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously people are, Mm -hmm. you know, deploying. So yes, certain people do completely physically leave the premises and stay there, but the rest of everybody, we can all get together and cook together and, you know, have meals together and talk about the fact that we miss the people that are away, but we still had each other. So uh, I think, you know, all of the psychological stuff that I nerd out on because it's, it's, believe me, it's a lot. Um, again, again, why I wanted to be the psych major, um, that, that it all showed that that's what we, that's what we reach for. I mean, you know, this for like a little kid, when a little kid gets hurt, you obviously, a lot of times as babies, especially you can't give them pain medicine. What do you do? You hug them, you hold them and they stop crying because they have you. I've even learned that you don't, you don't even react until you see how they're going to react. Cause half the time, oh, there's that. (gasps) Like you freak out and then they freak out. Like, have you ever tried clapping? Oh, I've done. Oh, you're safe. Like, you know, like yeah. if they've slid. Yeah, okay. I've yeah. That's that a good stuff. one. I try that. It has maybe a 30% success rate, but, but you know, uh, it's 30% of the time they don't have to go further into it. <laughs> it's kind of like clapping when somebody drops the plate in the uh, restaurant. So oh yeah. <laughs> just clap. Just, just move on with it. I think it. we should all just clap for 2020 and move on. Yes. Yes. So. I think so. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I think that unfortunately we're going to see 2020 used as a metaphor for the rest of our lives and how, you know, things are, but yeah, yeah. we, we do want community and we want a certain type of community because there, there were, I've seen some people who had very intentional communities and, and I know of some families who are, you know, their, their family members are all over the country or even the world. And because of the pandemic, they're on zoom weekly every week now mm. because it taught them new ways to connect. Yeah. And, and, you know, and for me, it accelerated my parents' ability to, and, you know, my parents are in their 60s, it it accelerated their ability to to use digital media. 
yeah, they were texting all that, but now they, you know, their iPads, they have Zoom, they have all this, and my dad's using Microsoft Teams and stuff for work, yeah. and, and you Yay, know, dad. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they they learned that they could have Netflix. We actually bought my mom Netflix for Christmas. We bought her a gift card for like six months of Netflix, and so rather than getting an Apple TV or something, they you know, like a stick or whatever to put in the back, they just went and bought a smart TV. Has she watched Tiger King yet? Yeah, I made sure she she okay. watched Tiger King. Yeah, right. she watched it in like two days. Um, so that's my mom for you. It's Tiger King, <laughs> two days. I think that's a record. Um, oh, and I bought her uh, for Mother's Day. I bought her uh, Ben and Jerry's Netflix and chilled. And so she ate that while she, because I had it delivered through wow. um, Instacart. Yeah, so wow. she ate that and watched Tiger King. Oh my goodness. So. She did it right. That's a new level. It, it is a new yeah. level. I think she just upped her game. <laughs> <laughs> so so early into the game, too. I know. Well, now that we're talking about Netflix and Tiger King, I think it's probably time to... Uh, probably. <laughs> to uh, say something <laughs> profound and end on a high note, because we went pretty low. Yeah, no pressure, but, you know, say well, something about, super profound now, Jeff. <laughs> thinking about some of these situations that, you know, we're talking about, one of the questions that Chris brings up in the book is, well, what does God have planned for you? What's in your hand? What are you going to use mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, in, in faith with God, you know, David used the sling and then the power of God was behind the rock. What is the power of God behind for you? You know, and he talks about Moses. Moses had his staff and that was good enough for God. What, what are you going to be using to help overcome your problems? Yeah. I, I did like that question. I have a microphone. That is, Yeah. And, and we're doing that right now. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But hopefully you don't need a microphone to make a difference. You don't need a microphone to make a difference. Yeah. I, I read that and it's like, what's in your hand? What's in your palm? I'm like, it's a palm reader. No, that's just, but um, I know we're trying to make this, you know, land the plane here and not go on tangents, but mm-hmm. uh, it makes me realize that whatever you have, just go for it. Yeah. You know, it's, I've always been told it's always a no, or it's always going to be a no unless you ask. That's true. And so it's kind of the same thing like, well, you know, I have this this kind of idea. I have this hobby or whatever. Like You have an idea for a podcast. Yeah, but yeah. like <laughs> until you – it's never going to work until you try it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, you know, what is it that you're thinking about that, you know, I'm looking at both of you as I say this, but I'm also thinking of the people listening – what is it that you're thinking about that you haven't done or you've been holding back on? Because you've been afraid to fail right. or, yeah. And, and not starting to me is worse than failing. But not when you're in the middle of trying to debating whether you should start it or not. You're like, I'm too afraid. But yeah, once you start, you're like, I'm so glad I did. And I'd rather fail than never have done this. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I say it kind of sarcastically, but that's why this whole figurative advice of just go get a piece of paper has been helpful to me because it lowers that bar. And when it lowers the bar, it lowers the fear that Mm -hmm. I just kind of go, well, all I got to do is get past this little, you know, square, like on the game board. And then I just got to go to like that next square, (laughs) you know? So where is this piece of paper now? Uh, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Probably somewhere at my parents' house, uh, stashed away in a box that says Becky's things or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Little Becky with pigtails and yeah. As, as a university professor now for eight, nine years, I don't know. Um, most people are there just for the piece of paper. And mm. to me, it's like, go do something with your hands. Yeah. Like, well, I had the benefit... 
I, I benefit. I had the unusual experience of being basically a telemarketer. You know, those people who call you up on your phone after you've left university and they have like the nerve to ask you for money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was one of those people. I hung up on them all the time. I know. I do too. I really, I should have more sympathy for a position I used to be in, but I'm like, oh yeah, I know where you're sitting. I know the script you're reading. It's cool. Um, so I, <laughs> I hang up on them myself. But um, what I had is I would get a little profile in front of me of a student. And it would say, this is their name, this is their address, this was their major, this is their current job. And it's those last two pieces of information that just to keep myself, you know, sane as people were telling me, hanging up on me, or I would call up and ask to speak to someone and they would say, he's deceased now. I'm, mm. No joke. I mean, I, you get these kind of calls and you got to be able to like roll with the punches and get your energy back up for the next call. Um, I would look at those two pieces of information, major, current job. Hmm. They never matched. It was it was never like, oh, okay, you know, I was a biblical studies major and now I'm a pastor. It was, you know, it, it was never that linear. It was no. never that clean. And so, you know, I mean, you should obviously major in something that interests you because you're going to be doing it for a few years. But I don't think you have to look super far past the four years to think you're going to automatically line it up with your first step career, your second step and your retirement. Like you're, you're not going to be able to get the like, well, that's the thing of the past. But I, I think too, this whole idea, even if you're beyond college age and you're in a career, why can't you go take a class and mm-hmm. learn? Like you don't need to take a class at a university or a community college or a city program because it's going to help you with your career. Like right. helps you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I've always been interested in, um, like welding. I'm like, I want to go to the community college and take a welding class. Well, in our area, you can't get into a community college to take a class because it's like such a long wait list and all that. But it's like, well, what would I do with welding? I don't know, but it looks like fun. You get to play with fire. Right. So yeah. what would I do with psychology? I don't know, but well, it does look like fun. <laughs> yeah. What the question ultimately says to me is that. You know, and and you're affirming this and all the things that you guys are saying is it doesn't so much matter what's in front of you, what's in your hand. God can use anything. And I think even in talking about things like 2020, um, obviously, thankfully, 2020 is behind us, but we can we can get through situations like that no matter what we have, as long as we know who's behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think. We, you know, whether it's our, our scriptures that we, we are, that remind us who God is and that God is present, whether it's the the songs that we sing and worship either on our own or with others, mm-hmm. um, whether it's gathering community, we need some kind of balance of all of those things yeah. to remind us that we can be used by God. And, and it's not like we're, uh, we're not the puppet and we're not the last resort. No. Oh. And Good so, point on both of those. Yeah. 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 So, and it's just, but are we willing? Mm-hmm. And are we willing to to take that step of faith? And, you know, the Indiana Jones step of faith, right? The leap of faith. Right. Are we willing to take that with what's currently in our hands? Because until we're willing to take that step of faith, we're just standing on the side. Right. Yeah. And like you said, if you don't take that step, the answer is no. Yeah. And That's true. So whether that step is reaching out to someone, your neighbor, to have a conversation with them, whether it's starting a podcast or, 
anything else, like, take it. Go for it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, have the willing heart. So. All right. Well, I think with that, um, thank you for, for sharing so openly on your thoughts on this. I, I kind of like where we've, where we've landed, where we've concluded. Cause I do think, you know, more than anything, that is what God wants. And that is what God requires is just that willing heart and just that willingness to take a step and like just the whole movement thing to bring it back to there. Well, and that's what helps you to defeat your giants. Yeah. yeah. So with that, can I say a blessing for everyone? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's my favorite blessing. So if you know me, you've heard it. If you are just getting to know me, you're going to hear this a lot. So (laughs) may God bless you and protect you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. Amen. Amen.